Let's talk about Riverside.fm, the leading podcast and video creation platform that's changing the game on how creators record content. Riverside.fm allows you to record studio quality audio and up to 4K video on their platform. Now you can interview a guest a thousand miles away and it'll sound like you're sitting in the same room. It's as easy to use as Zoom, but gives much higher quality audio and video recordings. Did we mention that they have a mobile app? This allows guests to connect directly from their phone and record content from anywhere. After your content is finished, you can easily grab clips to share them across your social media channels. So if you're looking for a hero platform for all your recording needs, from podcasts to webinars to other video content, you should be using Riverside FM. Sign up today so you can focus on your content and leave the quality to Riverside FM. Use promo code SHIPIT and receive a 30% discount on your first three months of your subscription. That's promo code SHIPIT to receive a 30% discount on the first three months of your subscription. Back to the show. Welcome to another episode here of the Talking Blues Podcast. I am Josh, joined by two co-hosts, Alex and Peter. We have some bad news. We have some good news. Good news. I'll start out with that because I feel like it, and we can get to Leeds United later. The Chelsea woman win the Continentals Hires Cup 6-0. We have Sam Kerr scoring three goals. Uh, I believe Frank Kirby had two goals, and Guru uh, Reedon had one goal as well. I believe that's how you pronounce her last name. And... What a great performance by the Chelsea woman in this match. If you haven't watched, because I know a lot of Chelsea fans only watch the Chelsea men team, if you haven't started watching this Chelsea women's team, there is something wrong. Because uh, usually the Chelsea, um, if you're not able, if it's not on TV, for us in the U.S., it's not. Most of the games are actually on the Chelsea YouTube page. They live stream them. This was not, because I don't think it was in the uh, the Women's Super League, so they weren't able to live stream it, I'm sure, because it's like copyright rights. Um, but... Because of copyright. I don't know why I said copyright rights. Because of copyright. But yeah, if you're able to, please start watching this Chelsea women's team because they are dominating right now. Um, obviously, already they just won the cup and then they're going to be facing, um, what is it, Everton this Wednesday coming up or tomorrow um, when this episode is out. So please go check out that game. They're first in the Super League right now, two points ahead of Man City woman. So very exciting stuff for the Bristol City, uh, or for the Bristol City, for the Chelsea woman who defeated Bristol City 6-0 to win the t- uh, Continental Tires Cup. So very exciting stuff there. And then on to the bad side of things. Uh, Chelsea and Leeds draw at uh, 0-0. I thought they were 1-1, but we, uh, no team scored one. I'm already saying it. Edward Mendy in this game is my man of the match. Obviously, you have N'Golo Conte who played very well in this game. But I have to give it to Edward Mendy. We've seen saves from him that we have never seen before. He's not really had to make these saves because our defense has been so strong. But what he did, you know, recording his 14th clean sheet now in the Premier League, obviously, like I said, most of it is because of the strong defense that Chelsea has implemented. But the way he performed with the the left-hand save, that was wonderful. Um, That was probably my favorite out of all of them. But just the way he kept us in this match was just pretty amazing i mean i have to be honest so he's my man of the match and i forgot to do it last episode so let's hear our score predictions that are very off uh just a fair warning but let's hear it 
go for a Chelsea win. I have another Chelsea win. I have a 2 0 Chelsea win, just like they did against Everton. I think they can do it against Leeds. Maybe get another goal. Um, and I forgot to say it, if you didn't know already, I don't know if Alex brought it up when he previewed it already, but Chelsea in the top four, we obviously said that already, with 50 points. Leicester City, if they don't win um, and Chelsea wins, they'll tie with them at, at 53 points. And then Leeds United, 35 points, sitting in 11th, tying points with Wolves. Um, and then I had one little thing that I pulled up that I wanted to mention. Um, it was that Leeds have lost just one of their last nine Premier League home games against Chelsea with their first meeting since a 1-1 draw in December of 2003. And then I also found this one interesting. Um, another like pre-match insight here is that Chelsea are also looking to secure their first league double over Leeds since the 1988-1989 campaign in the second tier. While the Blues allow, uh, last won home and away against Leeds in the same top flight season back in 1936-1937. Pretty crazy. Um, I'm going a little off topic here. Peter, go ahead. I do want to point out that stat, but that stat might be the fact that Leeds has not been in the Premier League for a long time, but <laughs> I won't say anything now because now if we lose, it's going to look bad. But I do also want to say I did predict the score red, I think. I think I did say a 2 no one for Chelsea last episode, so good on me. You don't need to talk about who I said would score the goals because I completely got that wrong, but I saw it. So this time I'm not going to call my shots, but I think we'll get it. I think we'll get a 3 nil win this time. I think we're slowly, slowly, slowly getting better and better at going forward. And I think we're going to hopefully get better at scoring our chances. And I think we'll get another goal, 3 nil win. And I'll say Mason Mount will get a goal, even though I'm going to regret that next episode. Uh, I'm going to go for a 3-1 victory. I think Leeds will get a goal. Um, and I'm going to go for a Kai Havertz goal. That's my only prediction there. 3-1 Chelsea. Nice well, um, yes, you both, you, Peter, you're going to regret that Mason Mount goal. Alex, uh, Kai, Kai Havertz did not get on the score sheet either. Um, wow. That was, uh, <laughs> that was, uh, that, that was not good for us, but you know, it is what it is. We did not expect the Leeds United squad to come out and play very well. And, uh, Thomas Tuchel to mix it up, putting Christian Pulisic in, which is actually, if you, I'll, I'll give a shout out to last episode. If you haven't already, uh, we had Jay McIntosh. Um, on last episode, he's the leader of the leader. What am I saying? The co-owner of the Chelsea social catch him on YouTube, catch him on Twitter and all that. And the Chelsea women's social. And he actually brought it to our attention that um, we, we, we mentioned Christian Pulisic because we mentioned him on the intro. So we asked him a question uh, and, and Jay was completely on the spot and said, no, there's no, there's no really problems with that. And uh, Christian Pulisic, he should be fine on Chelsea and hopefully he'll get his chance eventually, but there's, there's nothing wrong. And Tuchel likes him. And I, he was completely right because obviously Tuchel made the start. It's just he's haven't, he hasn't been able to get play time. Um, and he didn't play too well. So that's kind of not good. Um, I've been going for a little bit now and obviously playing the, the clip from last episode as well so you guys can review the match yourselves. I mean, I'll go first. And I just want to prefix this by saying I can't believe how messed up the show is. The one time we forget to play the, uh, the clips is the one time I get it right. So I just want to say that's very wrong. That it shouldn't have happened. It's obviously rigged. But uh, moving on, I mean, the game itself, I think Alex usually says this, that he likes nil-nil draws if they're good nil-nil draws. And I think, in my opinion, this was a good nil-nil draw, even though we sh it should not have been nil-nil. Either side definitely should have won. It should not have been a draw. But there were, this was an exciting one, I guess you could say. But I mean, both sides definitely should have scored. Edward Mendy, like also like Josh, is definitely my man of the match. He made two key saves easily, which easily could have been goals. And without him, 
with Kepa in net definitely would have been goals. Kepa would not have even looked to try to save the top shot that was going top corner. And but Mendy saved it. And I mean, he just played extremely well and he's been playing extremely well. And I think hopefully this proved to anybody, Chelsea fans or others, that his stat line of the clean sheets is not just because of our defense. It's because he is a really good goalkeeper. But uh, on from that, I mean, going forward, ah, I was completely wrong in in my clip because I was saying that we're going to get better going forward and hopefully we're going to score more. And today, I mean, we, er, well, not today, but in the game, we just didn't do that at all. I mean, I think I, I talked with Josh a bit about this before we recorded a few days ago. I mean, after the game, and it was like, we don't have any chemistry going forward. We don't have any sense of what players like to do. And we don't have any sense of one player doesn't know where one other player wants it. Like in this game, let's say Mason Mount didn't know where Kai Havertz was going to make a run and where to play the ball. And that applies to the two holding midfielders too. Jorginho didn't, doesn't, I mean, he obviously is very talented, but he isn't playing those balls through when Kai Havertz or Mason Mount are making these runs. And that's another thing. We aren't like taking risks. I mean, we're always keeping the ball, which is a good thing, right? If you have more of the ball, there's less chances for the opponent and you should get more chances. But if you just hold the ball and go side to side to side to side and don't ever go forward, you're not going to get any chances. And that's kind of what we're doing. Like, Jorginho is so good at playing these long balls over the top through run- onto runs from players like Werner, who's making runs, and he hasn't been doing that. And that's kind of like the same with Reese James. When Reese James plays out wide, you obviously know how talented he can be at playing balls into the box. And he just he's started to do that less, less, and less as we've progressed through. And he's just keeping the ball more and cycling it back to the center backs. And I think, I don't know if that's Tuchel being. That's part of his game plan. He doesn't want us to take risks and wants to just control the ball and see if we can build to a goal slowly and have these 1-0, 2-0 games, but nothing more than that. But, I mean, I don't really know. I mean, that's something we just need to work on. I mean, take these risks, try to find these runs, try to create the chances because otherwise, I mean, there's going to be a lot more of these download draws coming, which dropping points like that is very, very not good in a tight top four race. Yeah, I agree with you, Peter. It's it's definitely going to be a struggle going forward. Um, we're really having trouble, you know, creating chances. Yes, we created a couple chances, um, but I think we need to create more chances. Obviously, we need to finish the chances we get, but that's quite obvious. I think we just need to make sure we're creating more of these chances. We have all these talented players, um, and we need to use their creativity going forward. Um, and, and I feel like Tuchel's definitely having trouble with that. And I'm not sure, like, Christian Pulisic at right wing back. That's not the right place for him. Maybe Callum Hudson-Odoi can play there. But, uh, you know, there are different types of players, Callum Hudson-Odoi and Christian Pulisic. I feel like Callum Hudson-Odoi can kind of play on either side um, and, you know, do pretty well. But I think Pulisic kind of needs to be on that left wing, left forward kind of position for him to be, um, you know, useful and play well. Um, for me, and, and that was kind of something I saw that I wasn't really a fan of. Um, for my men of the match, uh, you know, I don't want to be a, re- a repeat here, but I think it was clearly Edouard Mendy. I don't think there was really a debate. I can't even really make a case for anyone else, to be honest. Maybe, you know, Aspie or someone like that who played pretty solid. But, yeah, I'm going to go Edouard Mendy. A um, couple of pretty good saves. 
and it's looking like he's gonna uh, kind of obviously he's older, but he's developing into a quite solid goalkeeper for Chelsea. Um, you know, we've seen rumors that maybe he's not the long-term solution. We've heard about Donnarumma um, from Milan maybe coming in in the summer and, you know, someone a little bit younger who could stay with the club for 10, 15 years in net. Um, obviously, Mendy already 28. Um, so, you know, he doesn't have that type of potential unless, of course, he plays a career like Buffon. I mean, he plays till he's, you know, 97 years old. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much it. All I have to say for uh, uh, the Leeds game, you know, disappointing result. Luckily, some of the teams around us dropped points. West Ham lost. Um, you know, Spurs obviously lost at the weekend as well to Arsenal. Um, so, so we got some decent results there in the teams that are kind of challenging us for those top four places. All right. So two things I want to move on to, and then we'll cover what we are very excited for. And that's what's going to happen tomorrow. The Atletico Madrid Chelsea match, a second leg game, but first Chelsea Academy. Cause you know, I like to cover this stuff here. Uh, they won, uh, I think on the weekend as well, before the Chelsea game two one against Everton Premier League two squad, their fourth in the PL two table. And they play later this week. Um, so that's one. And then two, I'm going to have, I'm going to bring up a quote uh, from Thomas Tuchel. This is on Kai Havertz and you're going to give me your reactions to it. Okay. So here we go. I have two parts of a quote. This is about Kai Havertz and you know, how he's done so far. Um, here we go. So it was pretty much the same role that Havertz had against Everton. I think that Kai feels very comfortable in high positions. I feel he's very comfortable to go to drop into half spaces from the high position to turn and drive with the ball and use and use his speed, excuse me. Uh, but he also arrives very naturally in the box and the six yard box to finish our attacks. He's comfortable in finishing. He's strong in finishing. He can clearly play as a number nine. He can play as a half striker or a winger. These are his positions. And today we used him as a number nine and I'm happy. It's a position where he feels comfortable and I trust him in the position. So Alex, Peter, whoever wants to go first, you go first. But just your thoughts on that quote and what you think Kai Havertz can kind of do in the future because we obviously have brought him up on these episodes before he's been starting, gets one start, um, plays very well, gets another start, and he's, you know, he's not bad. Um, but just kind of what you think, what do you what you think of Tuchel's quotes? Obviously, he's not going to give much away, right? But just your thoughts on it. I mean, you could see, you, I mean, as you're saying that quote, I mean, I, I was just thinking through stuff throughout both games. And I mean, everything he said there is true, right? I mean, probably our best chance against Leeds was when Kai Havertz picked the ball in front of the center back's line, turned, got, got enough space to get a shot off after dribbling through two defenders. And I mean, that, it got saved, yes, but it was a good chance that he created by his ability, right? He almost got on a, a, a low cross from Pulisic. I mean, everything he said is true. And I think he does play better as that sort of number nine who has the freedom to kind of just roam around anywhere above the the two holders where he can just kind of pop in and then play it out wide or pop in turn or just stay up high and then try to finish off crosses. And I mean, he looks better there, but he's not, how do I say? He's not like the ideal number nine, I guess. He's not somebody like totally, totally clinical. He's more of, He'd be good as in a two-striker formation, is what I'm trying to say, I guess. He'd be good where he can play it off of somebody, where he can drop in and then play off of someone like Holland, let's say, or Giroud, someone like that, where they're more clinical finishing, where they can be in the box, where he can play off of them, he can turn where they draw away defenders. But we don't have that, 
And so I think he's doing great with what he has, and he's obviously doing better, and he's looking more and more talented. And obviously he's still so young that you know that he's going to just get better as he plays more and as he get more more game, like game time and game experience playing against Premier League teams. Yeah, one thing I kind of disagree with you about, Peter, is that he is kind of playing off of Werner and whoever the other person is there, um, you know, up front. It's instead of just one other person up front, it's kind of like a, you know, obviously it's kind of like a 3-4-3. Three, three, um, it sounds like 3-4-2-1 or whatever you want to call it. So he is kind of playing off of Werner and, you know, if we're talking, you know, probably the best lineup there, Werner and Mount, right? So he'd kind of be playing off of there. But once again, you me- mentioned about clinical finishing. And none of them really have that. Um, you know, Mason Mount obviously, it, you know, has been pretty clinical lately, but he's not, you know, a center forward. So I understand what you're saying. Someone like Holland, obviously, up there with them would be uh, a much better person. Obviously, Timo Werner, you know, he used to be clinical, but, you know, lately hasn't been super clinical. Um, if he can get that um, up a little bit and get his, uh, you know, goals coming through the door much more quickly than maybe we, you know, have a different conversation about Holland in the summer. But as of right now, um, we don't really have that goal score. And Giroud obviously isn't getting any younger um, as well. So Kai Havertz did well. I mean, based on the quote, you know, Tuchel obviously believes in him. Um, you know, he's not going to say anything bad about him in public, obviously. Um, but it's still, you know, good to hear, just reassures our beliefs that, you know, he's hopefully moving Kai Havertz along in the right direction. All right, so now we'll move on to the Champions League. I I appreciate you guys reacting to that Kai Havertz uh, quote. I thought it was interesting kind of bringing it up here. And we'll see if he plays. We'll see if we have him in in the lineup here against uh, Atletico Madrid. But first, give you a little recap on the round of 16 second legs. Obviously, if you don't know already, uh, Messi and Ronaldo are both out. So Porto won on the away goals. 4-4 4-4 aggregate, 5-4 aggregate, Dortmund against Sevilla, they move on. PSG against Barcelona, 5-2 uh, on the aggregate scoreline for that. And the Liverpool won 4-0 um, on the aggregate last week against Leipzig. So now this week, we have Atalanta versus Real Madrid. Real Madrid had the 1-0 lead on aggregate. And then Man City versus Mönchengladbach had the 2-0 lead on aggregate there. And then the second day of games um, on Wednesday, which is what che- or when Chelsea will play, Bayern against Lazio, 4-1 lead on aggregate. And then Chelsea, um, 1-0 lead on Atletico Madrid. So uh, Chelsea are home at Stamford Bridge. Obviously, they have the one goal that was on away goals. That doesn't really matter in this match, as if uh, Atletico Madrid do, uh, at the end of 90 minutes, have one goal and Chelsea have no goals, meaning it's 1-0, we will play an extra time just like you saw against uh, with Ronaldo and Juventus against um, Porto. But hopefully Chelsea will be able to get it done. Anything, if nil-nil, one-nil, Chelsea win. Obviously, Chelsea gets one goal, basically. That would very much help out, obviously. But if it's a 2-1 win for, for Atletico Madrid, then they will move on. Um, it's it's very exciting, obviously very tense situation here. But I think one goal for Chelsea will really, really help them out. I mean, that's kind of obvious, but you know, you know what I mean. Uh, we'll go ahead to our lineups now. I'll start out. Um, obviously, if you didn't know already, Jorginho Mason Mount will not be playing in this game as they are basically suspended because of the yellow card rule. Tammy Abraham is a major doubt for this game if he was going to play anyway. Same thing with Tiago Silva. So I do not have any of them in my lineup or either of them. And Jorginho and Mount obviously can't be in the lineup. 3-4-2-1 formation, Mendy and Net, Christensen, Rudiger, Asby uh, are the three in the back for me. I mean, I said it. 
last episode said again, even though Diego Silva was a doubt, even if he wasn't, I still don't think we'll switch this up until we start to let goals in. Everybody that's back there has been very solid, as be Rudiger, Christensen, Mendy. And I mean, all we need, we, it doesn't matter how bad we are going forward, as long as they can remain solid throughout the entire game, then we win. We just need them to be solid. Yep, I got Mendy, Aspi, Christensen, and Rudiger. Um, solid performance. Hopefully, from those guys coming up, we could really use the clean sheet. Um, that you know, obviously, we get a clean sheet, we win the game, basically. Um, so that's a pretty key, or win the tie at least. Um, so that's a pretty key part. So hopefully, the defense can step up like it's been doing lately. Um, but obviously, Atletico Madrid, they're going to be, um, you know, coming at us a lot more than they were in the first leg. Obviously, being a goal down. Um, going to my wing backs in my midfield, um, at left wing back, I'm going to have Marcus Alonso. I think his experience in bigger games um, is going to help out a little bit. So I think he'll get the um, get the get the choice over Chilwell for Tuchel. And at right wing back, I think Reese James goes in there. Uh, I think Callum Hudson Odoi at right wing back, especially when we're going to probably be doing a lot of defending, is not the best idea. And I think Reese James gets his start there. And in the midfield. Uh, the midfield two, there's, you know, really no choice here. It's Conte and Kovacic. Those are the two that I'm sure you guys are also going to have because there's pretty much no other choice. Um, and hopefully they can solidify that midfield. Like you said, Alex, obviously the two midfielders are Conte and Kovacic. I don't think we'll see. I mean, who knows with Tuchel, but I highly, highly, highly doubt that we will not see Billy Gilmore starting in this game because I feel like he'd be the only other option in the midfield. Perhaps we could see him as a substitute towards the end of the game coming on for an attacking player to put someone else back. But I think Conte Kovacic in the middle and out wide, I completely agree with you. I think Alonso, big game player, I mean, his experience is going to help him there. I think Tuchel prefers him uh, to Chihuahua in games like this. Obviously, he started in the first leg. And I think Reese James pretty much set it perfectly, too, for this one. We're going to be doing a lot of defending, so I don't think putting Hudson Odoi there would be smart because he basically we end up he's going to end up playing as a defender anyway. Reese James is so Reese James, Conte, Kovacic, Alonso as my four. Yeah, for me, uh, same thing: Alonso, Conte, Kovacic, James, and then this is where it gets a little weird. I didn't really know how to how to work this out. I don't have Pulisic starting. I don't want Pulisic starting because he did not look good uh, in the last match. But maybe you guys do. I don't know. We'll see. I have Havertz and CHO. That's it is it's annoying because I don't know what to do because they both play like the right position. Um so one of them's obviously gonna have to be on, a little bit on the left side. Callum Hudson Adore would probably be doing that, but Havertz is more of like a right type of player with the right mid position where Callum Hudson Adore, you know, if we're gonna do like a four three three would play like the right wing. So I don't know what's gonna happen there. And then Timo Werner is my striker. Obviously, we saw him come on as a sub in last match, so I'm guessing it's going to be him or Drew. I'd rather have Drew start, but I feel like Tuchel is going to go with Werner in this game, but we'll see. I mean, like Josh said, it's going to be, this is a tough, tougher pick, but I think you have to start Drew. I think he is the ultimate big game player, and this is certainly a very big game, and I think he'll be perfect for this. I think we're going to have a lot of chances because they're obviously going to be pushing, pushing a lot, a lot, a lot of people forward, which then again, Giroud might not be good for because we might have a lot of counters. And obviously he's not the fastest player in the world, but I think to compensate for that, 
um, my two wingers cams are going to be Timo Werner and Calvin Hudson-Odoi, who are very fast pacey players who can start the counter and play off of Giroud to get these chances. And I think Giroud up top will be perfect because I think he'll be able to finish those the f- either the few chances that we get or the, a lot of the chances that we get from crosses or getting like this a bicycle kick that goes off at a deflected shot or something. I think I think Giroud is actually going to be very a very very key component to our game plan in this game. So again, like you guys talked about, I'm going to go with the theme of pace. I think we're going to be countering a lot, and that's where a lot of our chances are going to come from in this game. Um, obviously, Atletico they're very solid defensively, so we're going to need something special up front. Um, so I was tempted to put three, you know, our probably three quickest players up front. Um, but I'm not going to do that. So I'm going to have Timo Werner um, starting on the left, Kai Havertz as the false nine, and uh, Callum Hudson-Odoi on the right-hand side. I was tempted to bring in Christian Pulisic, put him on the left-hand side, put Werner up front, um, you know, just go full pace, full counterattack. Um, but I'm going to go Havertz in there. Obviously, he's not uh, slow either. So I think he'll be a nice player, and he could also drop into the midfield and, you know, help defensively as well. So that, I think, is a big bonus for him. Giroud, like you mentioned, Peter, is a the ultimate big-game player. But the problem is, is that, you know, he just doesn't provide that pace that, you know, we're going to need, um, you know, on the counter. I completely agree with that. And that's one of the reasons why I also debated not putting him in. But I think, I don't think you can bench Giroud in a game as big as this. But I could definitely see either Christian Pulisic or Kai Havertz starting over him as that kind of false nine striker, and then seeing Giroud come on if needed, if Atletico get a goal. Because if Atletico get a goal, they are going to put every single person back. They're going to have 10 at the back, and just either Jao Felix or Suarez as that one person, and they're going to play for extra time and play for penalties. So I think Giroud might be better for that, but I think you can't really bench him here. And I think in my score prediction... I've been talking so much about him. I think it'll be a 1-0 win for Chelsea, and I think Giroud will get our lone goal, and I think we'll progress through this round. This is so tough. Um, one of the hardest score predictions, I know I feel like we say that a lot, but one of the hardest score predictions I've had to do so far having this podcast, and it and it's, ah, oh, this is so tough. Um, Nil-nil. I think it's really going to be that type of game. Um, we saw it against Leeds United this weekend. Obviously, Atletico Madrid, Bit of a different team than Leeds United is, but I don't know. I just think we're just going to stay as solid as we can at the back, and I just we, we've seen it before. I think we'll see it again. Edouard Mendy, solid in net. Nil-nil. Chelsea progress into the next round. It's This is really tough, but yeah, I, I don't see I don't want to project any goals from any team, so just nil-nil. I'm going to go 1-1. Um, I think they're, you know, it's, it's going to be difficult for – us to concede it's going to be difficult for them to concede but they're we're both going to be open um and i i think you know atletico is going to be pushing all their men forward especially if it gets late and they're still behind um chelsea obviously on the counter attack will have quite a few chances as well i'm guessing i'm going to go one one chelsea still progress through um no need for the away goals and uh hopefully that is right because you know i really want to get through the next round we've been stuck in the round of 16 for the past couple of years um, getting some really tough opponents. Obviously, Atletico is also a really tough opponent. Um, so I'm really hoping we can get through and hopefully get an easier draw um, in the uh, quarterfinals. All right, so there you have it, this episode of Talking Blues. Please go follow us on Twitter at Talking Blues Pod. Also, while you're on Twitter, 
Follow the Giant Take Pod. That's another New York Giants podcast that Alex and I do. Peter has been on there before. Um, and we'll be uploading some YouTube content on there as well. So go subscribe on YouTube, the Giant Take. That would be really cool. We're thinking of doing a YouTube for Talking Blues as well, but we'll have to see. That might be f- further in the future. But um, we'll, we'll you know keep you updated on that, obviously. Wherever you're listening, please subscribe. Um, that's all your podcast uh, platforms. Please subscribe. Drop a five-star rating or interview mainly. An Apple podcast really helps us out, puts us on the soccer chart. And we will see you once again for our recap of this Champions League game. I'm very worried for it, but hopefully we'll be positive on there. Hopefully it'll be a Chelsea win and they'll move on to the next round. But we'll have to see. Uh, For now, we will see you next time. Welcome to the All 80s Movies Podcast. I'm Bill. And I'm Jason. And this is the podcast where we talk about the blockbusters, the flops, and everything in between from one of the freshest decades for movies, the 1980s. So whether you're a brain, a jock, a valley girl, or a Jedi, we've got some 80s classics for you. Do these movies stand the test of time? Are we discovering something new? Is there an 80s movie we're finally watching for the first time? Join us each week as we dive into the cinematic nostalgia that inspired and influenced a generation. From the hits to the cult classics, we'll discuss our earliest memories, favorite scenes, fun facts, and our not-so-favorite movie moments, too. It's the All 80s Movies Podcast, now available on all major streaming platforms. Please subscribe and happy listening.